Welcome to the ColbyCast episode 187. Thank you for joining us. Today, Jordan returns to join Bonnie and me in our Between the Years podcast. In this time between Christmas and New Year, we have a chance to reflect back on the year behind us and to look forward to what is to come. And to all of our listeners, thank you for allowing us to be part of your life. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We hope that you enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, Colby homeschooling mom of four lads and lasses, liturgical musician, popcorn, and podcast fanatic. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. And I'm Jordan. As a product of homeschooling, I'm proud to teach Greek and Latin for Colby online and serve as the alumni and public relations director. All right, so I'm here with Jordan and Stephen for what has become a tradition for us here on the Colby Cast, a Between the Years episode. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Stephen. Hi, good to be back. That's great to be back and have Jordan with us today. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, between Christmas and New Year's, so Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. So between the years, Jordan, we've done this episode now between Christmas and New Year's the past few years. So I'll link the previous between the years episodes. Tell us, the, tell us though, what 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 does between the years? What's the significance of that? Yeah, in Germany, they they would do um, this between the years, usually a party or a dinner or something like that. Just just a nice meal um, on one of those long cold nights called Zwischen den Jahren, and that's a between the years. They still have so much in their Catholic past that that uh, they continue Christmas longer than we typically do mainstream here. Um, my son was born on December 26th, and um, they call them a Christkind, which means a, a Jesus baby, basically. Even though it was December 26th, they call that second Christmas day also the Feast of St. Stephen. I should have named him Stephen, Stephen. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that that's um that's but the between the years it was a fun thing we looked forward to and we kept it up since coming back to to the U.S. invite people over during that lull between those two holidays. I've become a little countercultural ever since a, a coworker of mine at one one year started a the night before Advent the Advent started, and so it was a. We, we I've shifted my thinking now to New Year being the beginning of Advent now, so we'll see. That's a that's an awesome thing, especially when you're considering the Advent readings at the at Mass. You know, in that first one from the first Sunday of Advent, it it was uh it was blowing me away. I I, I had some of my students. We read um we read what we what you know the one in the Novus Ordo Mass, and then we also did what they read in FSSP and they were both so apocalyptical that it was kind of amazing. And I I've had this idea for a while now that um, the, it, in the tradition I grew up in, it was like, we're always moving towards an apocalypse, but in I've shifted my thinking to like, we've moved out of an apocalypse, the apocalypse that came in the form of a baby. And it's really amazing how powerful those readings are in the gospel and how kind of scary they are. If you think that they're, out in the future, which they they are with the second coming of Christ, but when you apply them backwards to um, to Bethlehem, it's really awesome, really a neat thing that a baby 
spells this for for the whole world and and they don't even know that it's coming yeah that circular sort of thing has has really appealed to me over the last several years as well where you know getting to the end of the liturgical year and you just like it just moves right over into the next year so it's you you're kind of continuing a circle but hoping for you know not like a circle that everything repeats itself necessarily but kind of there's repetition but new growth new things kind of coming out of it too so yeah it's it's not the the snake swallowing its own tail it's it, yeah. it and it can point what i love is that it points to the the future it's all those um inversions like the first shall be last the least shall be great and you see that at the two ideas of like if you're anticipating the coming of christ in our liturgical way that first reading pointing to he's he's going to be born watch for it um and and it's like you get to participate in the last moment of the old world before christ came to earth and that's like i read this this thing recently of um about like if you have like a series of numbers and there's one number that divides, it's the dividing number. That number has to belong either to the first segment or the second segment. It can't just stand on its own. And so when you're looking at, at Christ being born all that time, it belongs to the new, to the, to the new world. So even it, it's like we get to participate in the last moment of the old world and then see that split when, uh, when Jesus is born, it's really awesome for us. Boy, I love, I love that from a, like a historical sort of standpoint as well. I mean, we've had multiple conversations here, I think at Colby with uh, the impact of the incarnation and how we take for granted today, a lot of the fact that this, this changed everything, but just like we're talking about with the readings though, it's interesting to see some of those, those late wisdom literatures in the, the old testament and like the book of maccabees for the historical sort of thing and how it was a lead up to it still so it's it's still that it's it's a new like i i agree with what you're saying that it's a new time but but there was just this this arc that kind of led naturally into this amazingly new era you know this different but still you know kind of a some sort of cycle to that as well yeah i was thinking similarly you've spoken several times jordan about the the course of history there there was nothing new until the incarnation yeah that that's always it's, it's like one of those very simple distinctions i guess that that should probably be made and i i think it's I think that I was I've been fortunate that I've been forced to read with my students so so much pagan literature but I'm really you know a biblicist that's what I'm most interested in and I would have never read I would have never read Seneca and Cicero and all these guys if if it, if I didn't have to with the students so it's been fun to make that journey and not be in love with with the world before Christ and so I think a, a classics major probably has a real affinity for that world and they're more appropriately probably teaching those in most circumstances but with mine it was almost the opposite almost like a like I was being subversive the whole time trying to say yeah but really love your enemies is better than uh, destroy your enemies <laughs> 
the Feast of St. Stephen, do you play a good King Wenceslas for him every year? Is that among your traditions for the day? You got to play the Christmas Carol? Yeah, yeah, it is actually. I, I love that. It, starting from when he was born in Germany. So he should have been born on Christmas Day. I really wanted him to be because uh, Rene Girard was born. Jesus was born. <laughs> so day. many of my heroes were born. <laughs> um, so the, uh, but he, he, he actually, I mean, American time he was. It was after midnight in Germany. And uh, it was the strangest but most amazing Christmas ever. My wife left to go to the hospital. She was trying to do a home birth, ended up having to go go to the hospital because it took all day. She was exhausted. And I was up all night waiting, waiting, waiting. And then um, around, I think, eight or nine, nine in the morning, the apartment doorbell rang. I was like, who could that be? And uh, so I buzzed him in, and it was my wife carrying a little uh, a little carrier and, and my son. So she oh, wow. gave birth a few hours later. As soon as she could, she took a taxi home and walked into the house. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. What a story. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't even know where to go after that. That's really amazing. <laughs> so um, trying to, I'm thinking about having, I'm thinking about that from Chrissy's perspective, like, Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. tough. She's a tough one. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> she is a steel magnolia. Yes. Mm. <laughs> but I like the idea of the, um, between the years, like you're, they were really observing that Christmas octave. Like it's a one long Christmas celebration. The celebration continues. It's, it's, we're just getting started on Christmas day. I, I, I like that a lot. Me too. And, and 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 in, in those in those times, it's a good time to be thinking about you know our our secular New Year and and things that everybody like starts looking forward to spring already, especially if you're up here in the freezing cold. Even though you know it's way out there, it it's like that transition into this. All of a sudden, we're going to be riding twenty four instead of twenty three, and all of that. So it's it's always for us a valuable time to kind of get ready for you know, goals and things that we want to happen during the year. Ever since we've been married, uh, we've kept a, a, a journal where we write um, goals for that year. And a lot of them are huge things like, a, like you know, a new job or something, which I'm not saying that here on the Colby <laughs> cast. It's not one of mine this year. But in the past, before I found Colby, it was, it was really big things like that or just like that when we were in Germany, that that uh, Chrissy's mom would come visit this year, things like that. And then we forget about them pretty much. And then it's so fun the next year to go back and, and see all the answered prayers. And then we write in the blessings from that year. And we've done that. And now we do it with our kids. So it's, it's really fun. And my wife usually reads back through all of them herself. And uh, it's been, it's an awesome tradition. But this time, right between those two years is when we kind of it's kind of when we start talking about let's let's uh, get that thing out and see see what happened. That's so neat. I've tried to do. I've missed it last year, but I try to do um, on New Year's Eve as sort of a recap with the kids. I find some you know printable thing that they can fill out their memories of the year or whatever. Uh, this I think that's this is several levels of niftiness beyond that. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to go back and, and read their responses, but to have it collected like that in one central place and a, as a family approaching it that way, I think that's really, that's really neat. So for them, is it like um, memories from the year, like the best things that happened this year and stuff like that? 
highs and low. Well, I guess maybe low, I don't know, like lessons learned. So that could be good or bad, I guess, you know, like hard, hard lessons or good lessons. Um, um, high points, favorite, favorite things about the year trips or whatever, um, you know, best book you read or movie or whatever, um, what they're looking forward to in the new year or something they, something new they want to try or want to learn or, you know, things like that. I mean, they're very meaningful. I love, sometimes I'll find them, they'll float to the surface uh, around here several years later and they're really neat to look back and see. And I scanned them all. So I have them kept digitally and, and I, I didn't, I didn't get it done this past year. I'm bummed about that. I actually do something similar at the end of the school year too. Same thing there that didn't happen this past school year. So going to get back at it this year, hopefully, but it, mm-hmm. uh, it's, they are, sometimes the responses are really surprising that, uh, things I had forgotten or something that they picked up on that I didn't realize, you know, how, you know, they notice far more than we realize. And <laughs> so all that sort of stuff. Yes. Since I've been in Catholic education now for quite a while, this is always the slow, I mean, Catholic distant, like homeschooling sort of education. This is always the slow was always the slow time. So I mean at Colby, everything kind of gets shut down from Christmas to New Year's as well. And and practically speaking, even before I was with Colby, that's basically what happens because people are busy with their their own things at that point. But but since especially the year I started with Colby was the year my oldest daughter went off to college as well. So this particular week this in-between times ends up being one of the probably like the most peaceful family oriented weeks that we have during definitely during the entire year because we we don't plan on doing anything it's just all of us together and you know whatever whatever it ends up being we always find things to do but it's it's uh it's it's just a really nice time that otherwise it's otherwise if you take vacation or whatever during the rest of the year it's always doing something it's it's going someplace or whatever but this is the stay at home start the fire um maybe there will be a a series of movies or tv shows that we all want to watch together or or reading books that that happen to come for christmas or whatever and just a just a really nice time Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that we it's kind of the same for us too. I think with little kids, I, I kept calling it a lull. It's a lull in the action of work, that's for sure. So that that's what's nice. I try, I always plan to get something done like this year, of course, like what I'm trying to do during during our break is to work on on um on finishing the Rhinish book, the Franz Rhinish book. I I I just need some time to do it, but I, it never happens because I'm like I'm, I'm going to go up to the office and work on it, but instead I'm I'm playing with the kids or they're they're like on the ice. They they love skating up at the college and all that. So it's always turns into those family things, which is the opposite of a lull. It's like, and I noticed when I was on Amazon, <laughs> Amazon Prime. Forgive me, people who who boycott Amazon, but I was like, what movies do we have? Like they were looking for a movie and I saw all the purchases. They're almost all Christmas movies because that's probably the only time when, when anybody really sits down and watches movies, Christmas movies. Yeah. Those that definitely brings my family together. There's always a list of, of the movies that we want to try to watch or, or ones that have been recommended that, 
that we haven't gotten to yet. And that's that's about the most certain way to get the largest group, at least up at the up at the TV in front of front of those. Otherwise, it's just hit and miss. So you mentioned your book, Jordan. We've talked about it a few times now on the Colby cast, most recently on episode 179 with Dr. Matthew Minard. And then before that, you went into more depth on episode 135, Hidden Holiness Made Known. Give us a, a quick update on your book. Where where do things stand with that? Well, I I got it all translated. And speaking of writing things down, like like goals and all that, that's what it took. I I during the semester I I said no matter what I'm going to translate this much, and I I I wrote it all out by days. And um like this week I'll I'll translate this many pages or whatever. And I I was ahead the whole time, and then it really made up where I finished um, a couple weeks early this initial tran- translation, but. Now it's the going back and making more final decisions. And in that episode, um, in that episode with uh, Dr. Minard, he was he talked a lot about you know the next steps and and it's to go through it, read it a bunch of times in English, and really turn it into English and not not uh, you know good good English, which with German means you've got to break up a lot of sentences and things because they can have some very long sentences. So. I I uh I think that um I think I'll I'll get it out this year though. I'm I'm pretty sure that's that's the that's the idea is that um I, I think I'll I'll finish off uh the next couple of phases and start sending it to people. So it's it's all downhill really now. Congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. It is a lot harder. This part is not as much fun, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was loving translating it because I was reading it so deeply as I was going. And, and that was, that was the really fun part. It was like discovery. I had read the end closely, but I hadn't, I kind of had skipped over a lot of the, the, the in-between details, but they're very important to the ending. And so I was, I really enjoyed translating all of that. And just the, just the thought that, that uh, I'm, I'm being like a mouthpiece to bring it to hopefully a lot of readers. Yeah, that to me reminds me of any sort of construction project that I've I've done before. I I like the rough part, getting the the structure standing, but in order for it to really be nice, there's a whole lot of extra stuff that goes on, and I'm not really particularly interested in that. So, um, I'm always <laughs> happy when somebody else wants to do the sanding and all of the fine the fine stuff at the end. But uh, so I can see where. The discovery stage is over, and now it's um, polish and sanding and all of those things. And and I think something that makes it different it than uh, other books, like like my When the Earth Was Flat, that it was like I was doing the sanding and the polishing chapter by chapter, and I was loving it because it was my my voice. And part of what I was trying to do is just write it beautifully, write about my my ugly hometown that everybody would just drive past and say, how could anyone live here, but try to do the opposite thing and show the beauty in such an ugly place. So I, I had a blast doing all that with the translation. It, it feels different because it's like, I I'm trying not to make it my own. I I'm like, I, I would say this this way, but I'm trying to stay accurate to the translation. And I think that's what I'm not enjoying um, with that last part. That's understandable. And you've been working on it for long enough now that it is so just part of you that I would, I would think those, those last little bits are 
in some respects the most difficult maybe yeah yeah it, it is all it, it's like one of those uh you know when you have a project that you love and you kind of there's something that holds you back to from finishing i i don't like my dissertation um i would have i'd probably still be working on it if i didn't have a professor showing me how to sort of finish it and and like this is done this is done move on you you've you've done everything you can it's never going to be absolutely flawless so call it good and he taught me that he taught me that with the dissertation because i i had several months where i just kept kept refining kept refining kept finding another source and that would open up a new thing and that's a hard thing probably with any any kind of project is is to get it to where it, I, I would imagine though performing is kind of different because you have to you you have a hard deadline you can't just hold on to the piece you're going to be performing it right so that's probably and then when you perform it then you're past it or something yeah that that's interesting that's so yeah there there's always something yeah I, I think when i pick up something that i've been that i know well that i play a lot either christmas music or I have a lot of hymn tune transcriptions that I play just routinely. I keep them in the repertoire so that I can use them throughout the year. That there's always something that could get that could be improved upon, or um, that that will go particularly well one time. And I'll be like, okay, now I got that. And the next time, not so much. <laughs> or yeah, I would think, especially with recording, I would think if I were recording them, I would definitely find myself in that same same situation. Like, oh, I could just let me just have a little another go with this. How many takes? How much time do I have to <laughs> do this over? Yeah, yeah. Recording, producing a a thing that's just going to be there forever. I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's a like um when we we did that podcast with the the mu musicians. You know, it was I we could that could have been something maybe um maybe especially if you're doing if you're a professional cellist or whatever that is probably recording what's the what does it feel what's the difference between recording and performing and and all of that when I, when I was a musician I loved to to perform and I hated recording I, I only recorded twice I had experiences in in a recording studio and I did not like it at all yeah yeah it was just too. I don't know. It was I wanted to just play, but it's like play it on guitar and then come back and sing to it and to create these different tracks and all of that. It just it never felt never felt right. And then it had that element of of taking something that's live and reducing it down to a, a digital file, which I also there's something in that that I just did not. I, I always wondered if we if I recorded like the old like analog way or something like that, if if that would have been if that would have felt different, but digital recording is to me was not fun at all. I tend to find with a lot of things, I guess recently I was asked to like video record something just, it was supposed to, it's supposed to be short. So I'm still in the midst of that, but right now was when we're recording, but I find that hard. I like, I like being on, you know, the, the podcasts are fun or like conversations are fun where you can lose yourself. You know, you're not thinking about, well, how is this going? Well, as I as I pause to think, how is this going to sound? But how is this going to sound? Or what? You, where you're just responding, or where or where you're not thinking through every single step of it, and so that would be really hard to just like sit down and 
produce something that's going to be a recording where it's like, who, who am I playing for right now? It's, <laughs> it's that would be hard. Yeah. The permanence of it is a bit daunting. Like this is going to be out there for ever. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the shorter, the shorter time frames, those are trickier. Like <laughs> you have less time to accomplish. Yeah. It takes, takes me a while. I'm a rambler. So that, that need to build up and, and work, not just jump in and one take or whatever, but yeah. Let's say, um, a multifaceted you have multifaceted things to say there's yeah do you want to tell us about your new role at colby Stephen? well it's similar to my old role but a new title so okay. this this year my title is the chief homeschool officer so um a little bit still a lot of what we focused on in the past but just making that front and center with the title. So it's still working with advisors. It's working with, you know, the asynchronous it's working with, well, it's working with a lot of great people, but, um, you know, trying to, and everybody at Colby's a homeschooler. So it's kind of like trying to work on all of those things to make sure that we're doing everything, you know, working with everybody else to make sure we're doing everything those families need, I think, which is again, what we've been working on for years, but it's a different title, but generally the same sort of thing that, that we're doing. And this is the part I love the most. So. What's, what's your sense of uh, the greatest need or the sort of through line with the home, the homeschooling families that, that, Colby serves that that you are looking forward to addressing more um I don't know what adjective to use uh, to addressing in this and as your <laughs> as your title reflects well yeah for me I mean homeschooling is just again an amazing sort of thing so I I know not everybody can do it and that it's hard at times for people but um Again, I think it seems like I've been saying this today or within the last week, but but the the uh, the typical worldview is kind of this this weird sort of opposition between children and parents, and you know you send them off to school, they're doing all their stuff and they're doing their homework and things. But uh, since we've had a chance to homeschool our own kids, it's been the ability to kind of have what you need to kind of give them the education that they need and a good education. But developing the relationships and seeing how each one works differently, each child works differently, and really trying to grow that from an early point. So, I mean, I think, well, I don't know that everybody does this, but my wife and I have always been very intentional about giving reasons for things from the very earliest age, even when they they didn't know, you know, they don't, they're not able to understand the reasons, but but like saying, I need you to be obedient because um, for one thing, like when I tell you to stop or to do something, I need you to do it because there are dangerous things that you might not know about that I need you to to be responsive to that. And I will give you the reasons for it. But, you know, so working from the very early ages on obedience and then, but then over time, they you get this, you can have the conversations about, well, I don't like this or I like this sort of thing. And you can say, well, you can delve into all of those and then just have conversations. And so you're, 
I mean, it's a parent-child relationship always, so it's always going to be different than that between friends. You know, strictly speaking, there's there's kind of a, I guess, there's a different relationship there. But so I think my focus, what I want to make sure is that every family out there that's considering Colby or that's doing Colby has everything that they need to be successful. And so I've mentioned this before too, but my wife always talks about being a homeschooling mother as being a subcontractor. So sometimes you can do that in your, in your home and you can, you know, you can like the, I can sit down and do math with my son if, if that's needed, but sometimes you need things outside of, of what you can, what you're comfortable with. So part of it's service, you know, trying to make sure you've got a place where, you know, you can get a good class. You can learn the different material. Part of its direction to kind of clearly show people, you know, this is the way we're going. This is what we're working toward. So, you know, you know, if you give up something, you you know what you're giving up, you know, or if you want to do something different, you know that there's, you're going to lose some things, even though you might gain those things. And community is really important too, because, um, yeah, you just you you need to have people who are there to support you, to listen to you, and to give you what you need. So, so I guess you've got community, you've got the levels of service that you know we've got this great online community, but you really want all sorts of different things. And Colby's been just building these things out as time goes on. So, like our our uh, um, wrong um, the name's going to be wrong. The special services the um, Bonnie, what what the do they call support. that? Student, student support. support. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just a great example of seeing that there is a, a need. People need some extra help, kind of adjusting things. Um, but so there's community. There's the services. I also think there's just kind of the direction and leadership, though, because I think so. Well, like, oh, school is done in this particular way, and you have to do these things, or read these books, or use a textbook, and have these tests, and to kind of provide that guidance to say, you know, we're headed towards an end, you know, so like homeschooling parents, we, we talk about, again, all of these things, it seems like I've talked about a lot recently, but just the, some of the reassurances, like this is, this is a slow, a child who's slow to read. It doesn't matter. They're seven years old right now, or whatever age they happen to be. It's not a big deal. They'll get there eventually. Let's just keep building on those things. And, and then really always, providing that atmosphere of of wonder and um searching for the truth but but also yeah and holding on to what's true because we're all guiding this is all being guided and you know the benefit of working for a catholic organization it's all being guided toward love of god and, and coming to know god and and love god so it's there's a a lot of those things but basically um i think i could probably put I could have said this much, much shorter than what I just have. Uh, I kind of view this this sort of role in Colby's role kind of as I've viewed my role as a, a homeschooling father oftentimes early on. It's it's like my wife was is doing the majority of the homeschooling work. And that's in the family, one of the most important things that we're doing. So it's my job to make sure that's supported. Um, this is to, provide for that in whatever way I can to make sure that goes smoothly. So I think overall, just like I kind of view that role as a homeschooling father, I think that's that's what I kind of like to see Colby as is the is providing so that 
the homeschooling parents there have the freedom to and the support to do that most important job that they're doing. So yeah, that's a shorter version. I think I think that's really awesome. And um I you know, there's so much goes on behind the scenes that, that people don't realize, like as far as like our our conversations about stuff that we're working on and all of that. And there is a lot of there are a lot of men in leadership roles at Colby, which is 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 newer. When I came on it, I think it was me and uh, Mr. Byarski and and then Mike Pace in the office there. And and but uh, um, so I I think that that's that provision part of it. But also I, I would. When you were talking, it, it made me think of um, how homeschooling has really changed so much. Like in the in the time when I was being homeschooled, it was it were there were people like my my own mother who would who were searching it. They're saying, "I'm going to do this. I don't need books. I don't need anything. I'm going to homeschool no matter what. I don't need somebody to talk to or whatever." But now I've met so many people who are interested in homeschooling that you would never have thought would be. And it has, we, we at Colby, I think part of what we're doing is being sensitive to that and being able to support those kind of people that, that wouldn't normally search out homeschooling and say, I'm going to do this no matter what, but more, how can we, almost like Home Depot, how they, they help anyone be a contractor almost, you know, but I guess, but it's still hard, but they, they have everything you need step-by-step, step, that kind of thing rather than the old days, like I'm just going to go to the local lumber yard and figure it out myself. So I think that's a lot of, uh, of, of what we're kind of working on and, and, and reflects sort of your, your, your new role this year. Yeah. It's just, it's, I, I think back to those old, the old school homeschoolers, the ones who, where it was really countercultural at that time, right. Where you had to choose and you had to, there weren't, many of the resources out there so you had to pick the things and do all the work and that's you know that was a great thing to do at the time so we kind of we can kind of stand on the shoulders of a lot of those those old school homeschoolers but they are it's less common now and to a certain extent you know you don't need to try to recreate everything now as well because we've had so many years with Colby Academy or you know other all these great resources that you can find so now you can just kind of say, okay, Colby, help me know, make sure I'm keeping my my child generally on track, that we've got the right aim there, that I'm not doing things that are, I mean, as long as you actually, well, okay, I was, I was, I was spitting there because the, uh, as long as you, there's not a whole lot of failures actually in homeschooling other than to, to just not be engaged at all to, I mean, to just quit on it and, but not pick up something else. Um, otherwise, as long as you've got the idea of wonder and, and constant learning, you're going to be, you're going to be fine. I mean, if you, you know, if you, if you avoid mathematics all the way through with your child, yes, they're going to be disadvantaged because they didn't have certain tools that are expected of them. But for the most part, they'll get those. And it's kind of, maximizing i guess the them as a person but without well there's learning is hard but it should be a journey of wonder and um and really a marvelous time because again we we just take it for granted because in public school it's just if you don't go to public school or do other school you'll 
you're going to be in truancy, right? So it's it's like you have to do this. Well, it's a pretty interesting thing, though, that we can spend the first 18 years of our lives just learning. Um, and if you can actually learn things that are worthwhile, yeah, it'll be hard at times. But that's a pretty, I mean, that's a pretty, um, I, I mean, in the past, you would have had to been some of the wealthiest people to be able to, to actually afford that sort of luxury. So we're blessed. It's a tremendous uh, help to families to know of the support that is at the ready for them, that the folks here at Colby who are just happy to help, want, want to truly want to help. And it's, yeah, evident in on all levels. And I, I appreciate the, the attention to supporting the families that you're, that you're giving. That's really, it's a real gift. Yeah. Yeah. Just, we have so many wonderful people at Colby who are dedicated to that, that mission and families that are part of our community too, are just dedicated to that. So it's, it's a nice, it's just a nice group to, to to be part of. Yeah. And to to know that there's that there, the folks are, are available to, to support the families. However, they're approaching, you know, they, some come in and they have no idea and almost need some hand holding to to get going and and I can relate to aspects of that. Others know have a pretty good sense, but they they still need that that structure behind them and I think that's Colby is particularly skilled in providing that. So, yeah. There's a real constant reflection in Colby too because you get you can go through some of the like are we doing what we need to be doing? Are we off track here? You know, so there's a constant tweaking, which is always nice to kind of self-reflection. And so, although maybe that looks strange from the outside, like where you, you kind of keep reconfiguring things, you keep doing different things, but I, it's kind of like that cycle that we talked about the year to year, where you try to see what are the needs? How are these things working? Are they fulfilling what we, what the families need and what, what we should be doing? And then you evaluate and see what what's the next thing that needs to be tweaked or added or subtracted or whatever. Yeah. As with um, individuals, right? We we as individuals need to do that as well. So yeah. Um, okay. So speak. You just set up a very nice transition here for us, Stephen. I'm not sure if you realize it, but speaking of that sort of self reflection and continual uh, evaluation and that idea of growth and movement and serving and refining and things like that. Uh, with this episode, you might, listeners might notice a change in our outro at the very end of the episodes when we, when we make our plea to subscribe to our podcast and to share it and to rate and review and all that, all those things that you hear so frequently on all the podcasts, we're the same. So please do that. <laughs> please subscribe, rate and review. But we also have a litany at the end of our episode. Every episode, we invoke the prayers of our, our mother Mary and, We've been also invoking the prayers of St. Maximilian Colby, but we're going to start also adding uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola to that litany at the end of our episode. So would you guys say a little bit about that, how that, how that's coming to be and and why we're doing that? Well, he's one of my confirmation saints, so I just wanted Excellent. to add him. Okay, and, that works. <laughs> no, no, that's not, that's not. No, we've been spending, so, you know, we can jump, but we've been spending a lot of time thinking about St. Ignatius because our founders really... Um, treated him as as a as a mentor, as somebody to turn to, as a master that we turn to to look for. It's been really interesting, I thought, Jordan, with seeing what Saint Ignatius did in in the 1500s. There, that putting together a type of 
education for his Jesuits that they would be formed that just put together really beautiful aspects of of education. So there's many reasons to love St. Ignatius of Loyola, but I think I think actually a lot of what people talk about to mm-hmm. classical education and things like that are really kind of come from St. Ignatius's changing of of uh or putting together bests of different things that will help the student help the student help the yeah help the student move toward his natural end which is you know, back to know love and serve god right through that back to the baltimore catechism for that but um just the different aspects and when okay. you see all of that it's it's just a it's real beautiful what he what he put together yeah, and he he was so brave also and and to even to have the vision that he did for 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 um well education is is the particular angle we've been really delving back into reading tons of stuff that i think it reflects really the awesome foresight that the the colby founders had that they that they wanted this ignatian part of it so we we'd always talked about ignatian and or ignatian and method and now it's we've had an opportunity to with with uh you know Stephen and I along with others that are that are at Colby really looking more deeply what does Ignatian mean at Colby? So if you Google Ignatian education, you'll find all kinds of different stuff, way different. And there isn't no one has a monopoly on it if you just call it Ignatian method or Ignatian education. But if you say what is Ignatian education at Colby, we're coming closer and closer to really having this this thing which we think is people are going to love and it, it's it's just a real clear path very very um very solid and i think everyone will love it and he's also sort of like maximilian colby in in his bravery and looking towards towards uh, what is to come preparing people for it all of that and and yeah stephen's right the way that that uh saint ignatius was able to really blend the best of what he had at the time with what he inherited from before with an idea for the future. You know, that's, that's always the mark that I love. I, you know, there, there was a movement in Germany called the Schoenstatt movement. And I remember when I went to their, their shrine, actually Franz Reinisch, Reinisch was a member of Schoenstatt. But I remember when I went there and I saw the buildings and saw the nuns and the graveyards that they had, like everything that was there. The only way I could describe it was it looked really old and it looked like something out of the future at the same time. And that's, that's a rare thing. But I think that that's kind of the opportunity we have right now with uh, what we're doing with, with this, you know, Ignatius bringing him much more into the floor here at Colby. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this Jordan before too, but just I love that with St. Maximilian Colby and St. Ignatius of Loyola. Okay. It's not just a let's go back and dwell in the past, but they they knew, they clearly saw our role as Christians in the world. So yes, we want to perfect ourselves, you know, but but we're not meant to just perfect ourselves and then shut ourselves away. We have to go go out into the world. And so it, it fits in perfectly with the Monsignor Shea uh the, the new apostolic era, the, the post-Christendom thing that 
you know, we we want to kind of take we want to continue to take that up. And I think I, I see it in the culture of Colby whenever I get together with the families and such that that they are the sort of people that want to go and bring Jesus, bring our Lord to the world and to show that light. And but should not be overcome by the darkness out there, but but to to show shine that light forth and and so it really it fits in so well to uh, to focus on that. It's it's exciting. Some more conversations to come on that. So here we are in the middle of our school year now. Let's look ahead a little bit toward the end of the school year and commencement in Atlanta in in late May of twenty twenty four. Would you guys say a bit about the the planning that's in in the works for that, and any any uh, any enticements we could offer to the families to come and be a part of that? Well, again, I think if you if you haven't been to a graduation yet, it, it's it's probably worth going to, even if you don't have a graduate. I I know actually that that's the case because I've been there the last couple of years. So you have to have this year. I will be there as a as a father of a graduate in addition to being there with Colby Academy, but it's, it's one of our only so far, um, so far only kind of events where, where families can kind of come together. So, you know, where you get to see the other families, you get to see the students get to see some of the people that they've been walking through their education with. So that's, that's already really great, you know, to be with a bunch of people that that have chosen the same thing that you've chosen for your family. Um, this year, I know there's there's some. We'll see everything that comes out, but I, I, well, okay. If if it hasn't been out there, then this will be a spoiler. But it probably is out there someplace. Monsignor Shea is is scheduled to be our speaker, which will be phenomenal. Um, yeah, but I think there's some extra events going on then so so that people can hear Monsignor Shea outside of even the graduation ceremony and get together and do some amazing things. Jordan, you've described the commencement gatherings as uh, as how you imagine heaven to be. Do you want to say any more about what you're looking forward to this year or any uh, develop that or expound upon that a bit? Yeah, every year it, it does feel that way. And I, I think part of it is because of the online nature of being uh, knowing my students in part and then it's seeing them fully. And you're like, wow, you know, I, I, I would recognize you anywhere. It's great to see you in person. That, that happens all, all the time there. It, I, I really enjoyed this last time um, <laughs> hanging out with uh, Dr. Hassler. Yeah. You know, he was that was a new thing. And and they wanted they, they told us what time to get there to help set up and all this stuff. So he and I were talking and uh, we're like, what can we do? And they had these teenage boys to set everything, like basically do all the heavy lifting and all that stuff. And um, um, Chris Rolls, who's the COO here at Colby, he said, I've got the perfect job for you two. And he, he said, sit at this table. And he put a big stack of uh, whatever the the handouts were for that day, like the programs. And he said, "Can you just fold these right here and talk?" And and so we sat there, and and it was it was me and Doctor Hassler um, folding those and getting to know each other really well. And that was super fun, actually. It was I thought it was funny too. He he, Doctor Hassler was hilarious, as the students know, but 
even more so when you're where when you're with him in person and he just kept saying it takes a phd to do this kind of work and stuff <laughs> like that so you would anyway that was a blast so it, it's so much fun meeting the students but then everybody the families i mean i i cannot imagine that that anyone didn't say that that is something they'll remember forever when they go to one of those we, we had a wonderful time when we went last year and it, there are several events to enjoy to making it a family trip of it, you know, there's lots of time to spend with the with the Colby families and folks in the mass and the commencement ceremony and meals and just wonderful time together. Yeah. So info comes out on that. Uh, it'll be distributed to the families on how to register for that and and so that families can be making their plans to be a part of it. It's really, if you can, please do. It's great. And I think maybe this was inspiration from you, Bonnie, in maybe your trip last last year. But my son is insisting, since it's his graduation event, that he gets to go to the Atlanta Aquarium, which we've been to once when he was just a tiny little boy. But excellent, but they have whale sharks, so go to the go to the aquarium after. Excellent idea. I I endorse that. That was a great yes. Our family did that on our last day in Atlanta. Yep. And it warrants uh, some some planning ahead for that. Let me just put that out there. That's <laughs> uh, something to look into, uh, which we did not until we got to. I mean, we had kind of an idea, like we could go to the aquarium. And we could, it would have be behooved us to take care of some of those particular arrangements before we got there. But it worked out. It was a great time. It was really, really neat. Yeah. Well, it has been a privilege once again to serve another year with you guys on here on the Colby cast, working on this with you. It's, it's such a joy and for me to get to work on this with you all. And I, my gratitude deepens with every episode, just we're collaborating, collaborating with you guys on this. I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity. Our hope for the Colby cast is that it serves our Colby families. And it's one of, one of many ways that, that Colby serves our families and potential Colby families and folks who are interested in homeschooling and folks who are interested in the life of faith and living it well. So we are always curious to hear what would be helpful to people. And to that end, we're working on a listener survey, which I uh, let's just have a good laugh about that. Cause I, when I hear that the podcast I enjoy have listener surveys that do I fill them out? No. So <laughs> I'm hoping that folks will, I, I might revisit that. I'll, I'll try to do better about that because I'm hoping that folks will uh, do better than I do. And fill out our survey for us so we can get a sense of who's listening and what would be helpful and what folks would like to hear. So uh, be on the lookout for the listener survey so you can and weigh in on the shape of the Colby cast. So um, we appreciate all of our subscribers and supporters. We appreciate ratings and reviews as, as any podcast listener knows, those um, help other listeners find us. And so we would hope we'd be grateful for those. Um, what else, guys, before we wrap up for, for this time? Well, I just want to thank you, Bonnie, for all the work on the podcast. It's been awesome, and uh, everything's just growing. It's growing along with Colby itself, and and uh, I think you've done a great job. This year was probably better than the best year that, that we've had so far. So you and Stephen, I think it's awesome. But all the work that goes actually goes into getting these great guests not today i'm not saying that this today was such a great <laughs> lineup with oh, me no. joining you too but but no the, the, we've it's been awesome so i wish you the best in the in the new year and um, i'm excited to keep listening and, and coming on when relevant 
You too. I'm excited for you and all your ventures you have going on, Jordan, and looking forward to seeing what's coming next. And it's always it's always a joy to get to visit with you. Stephen, I'm really grateful for all of your guidance and, and collaboration too. Hello. Well, I, I just appreciate your 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 thumb finger on the pulse of the Colby community. So, I mean, I, with getting the feedback, yes, that would be great. You know, if there's things that directions we can go, but I really appreciate your having your finger on the pulse of, of, of the community and what our families need. And I constantly, as you bring these guests in, I'm like, who are these people? Then it's like, wow, that was phenomenal. These people are amazing, doing amazing things. Our community needs to hear about this. You know, so, so it's, it's always, it's always good. So yes, thank you, Bonnie. Well, gosh, thanks guys. I, I'm very humbled by your kind words. I appreciate that very much. I was not looking for that, but thank you. I appreciate that. Um, It's, it's just a, it's a tremendous blessing and a high point. It's a bright spot in uh, my doings to get to work on this with you guys. And I'm just, yeah, I said all that already. So I'll just repeat that again. <laughs> it's really grateful. So. It is really interesting. I mean, what it opens up to me because, you know, I tend to be focused in on what we're doing all the time is really, even though some of the people we have aren't technically part of the Colby community, they are part of what we're all about. You know, there's, we're, we're we are, such a part of a much larger community of people that are supporting and you, you can really lose track of that. But, you know, through, I mean, again, I appreciate this as be, being able to participate in the, the Colby cast and listening too, but, but just that you realize there's just so many, so many people are working towards the kingdom here that we're working towards the, and we can pull from all of those. We can benefit from what everybody else is doing out there and, and, and it helps what we're trying to do. We're part of that overall larger effort too. So it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's always encouraging to me. Yes. Yep. It can be easy to think that we're kind of doing this on our own and, and whatever, but it, to be able to find the folks who are doing the same or similar or related and, and work that's going to help us as families and our students as they live their lives, whatever they're called to, that that's going to help them do that and be in, you know, in in the world and being the people they're called to be. So to the degree that we can kind of bring folks together in that way and encourage us all to continue to endeavor, endeavor to persevere. That's, you know, happy to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, happy new year. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. All the best in this upcoming year. I'm really glad we got to have this conversation today. So am I. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Jared. Subscribe to the Colby Cast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, St. Ignatius of Loyola, Holy Saints and Angels, pray for us. Ad Maiorum Dei Gloriam.